Thank you for downloading Pastor Ray Zasafa's audio podcast from the Apple iTunes Store. Whether listening on your iPod, your tablet, or your computer at home, we pray these messages are a blessing to you and aid you in your spiritual walk with Christ. For more information on Pastor Ray's teachings and ministry, please visit www.raysasafa.com. He became poor so that you, through your giving, might be rich. Does that say that? Through your giving, you might be blessed. Does that say that? No. No. It's through Him. That's the New Testament. New Testament, everything is through Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of all the law. Has nothing got to do with me whatsoever aside from me believing in His work. That's the grace of our God. Through His poverty, you might become rich. What is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3? Blessed be the God. Oh, I could scream that as loud as I could. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us because we gave $80. You fool. That's what Paul calls him. I, I used to call him morons, but I got to stick with the Bible. You fools. Moron is closer, but Paul, stick with the scripture. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. You foolish Galatians. You foolish preacher. You cursing the body of Christ. Making the grace of God cheap. I don't get saved. My kids get saved by giving money. But believing in the word. Come on now. Now, because they started and opened a door, then that door is going to expand and expand and expand. And these are all not nothing new. It's been throughout the church history. That's why Paul had to deal with it in Galatians. That's why Paul had to deal with it in Romans. Entire book of Galatians is written to the Jews that are trying to install the law alongside Jesus. Jesus we accept, but get circumcised. Jesus will love, but keep Sabbath. Jesus will love, but keep the feast. Uh, oh, let me, let me go to Galatians. Let me slap as hard as I can with Galatians. I, I'm not making it up. You read Galatians. Last night at 12 o'clock at night, I start reading Galatians. I said, oh God, we need to teach Galatians. Look at this, what Paul says. Look at what he calls them in verse 8. Galatians, you ought to know what chapter I am in. <laughs> chapter 4, verse 8. But then indeed, when you did not know, now he's writing to the Jews. Now, before I, before I get this. The three categories of people. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I got to lay this properly. So, you know, it takes time. I sat with, with uh, Dr. Osborne here. And he said, Reza, I go to Israel. You're inviting me to go to Israel with you. I have a conference. But a lot of stuff I teach, it contradicts what's going on, what's being practiced. I don't think I'm the right person to go. I said, no, you're the right person to come. 
he, he kept saying, no, I'm not the right person to go. And I understand now what he's saying. And he's, for, for several, for a couple of times we sat here and he was, he was, he was pointing in that. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 32 it says, Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. There are three categories of people that God recognizes. Number one are the Jews, God's covenant people. And they are forever God's covenant people. God hasn't changed his covenant with them. God's calling is not unrepentant. So God is, they're God's people, even when they accept Jesus, and on and on. Number two is the Gentiles. Gentiles are the heathen. That's you and I. If you're not a Jew, <laughs> how many Jewish person we have here? Mike, just one, two. Rest of us are Gentile. We have a couple of Jews here, but rest of us are Gentile. You are, me and you are heathen. <laughs> Look at First Peter chapter 2, who he says you are. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Watch it, Mike. <laughs> Look at verse 10. He says, who once were not, not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We were not a people before. Oh, he said, I'm American. <laughs> I'm Russian. No, God says he didn't recognize you. God only recognized one group of people. Now we're talking about covenant. Now don't get out of shape. Say God, blah, blah, blah. God, when it comes to covenant, there was only one group of people he recognized and he had dealing with. In reality, his dealing has always been with that one group. Is that group's dealing with the world. Salvation come through the Jews. So you as a Gentile were not people. Ephesians chapter 2 describes us better. <laughs> so don't get proud here. Say I'm a... We got a big uh, defense money. But look at Ephesians chapter 2. It says that at that time, verse 12, you were without Christ being aliens. I thought some of you looked strange, but <laughs> being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and the strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was our condition. But then there's the third category of people God recognized, the church of Jesus Christ. The new generation people, the new creation people, the born again sons and daughters of God. So it's three categories, the Jews, the unsaved, Gentiles, and the saved one, the born again people. And if you notice it, we try to mix these things together. Let me hit you with something that I may, I may get in trouble with that. We take the Ten Commandments and we take it to America. We say, obey Ten Commandments. Are you kidding me? The Ten Commandments is for the Jews. The unsaved people cannot. That's what the scripture says. Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8. 
We, we expect the world to obey the gospel without preaching first to them about the gospel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lazy Christians. But look at what it says here. It says in verse, uh, it says, verse 7, because the carnal mind, that's the mind of unsaved person, is enmity against God. For it is not what? It's not what? Subject. It is not subject to the law of God. Nor indeed can be. You can expect them not to abort and pass laws that they're not going to abort. They will go to Canada and do it. They're not, they cannot be under that law. In Iran, they passed the law. They said no alcohol. They shut down all the alcohol. You know what people did? People went on the internet, found out how they can brew the stuff. They have brewery in their homes. You can legalize the law of God. You can bang him on the head and say, Obey the Ten, Ten Commandments should be in the school. Now, I'm, I'm touching on something. There's been a lot of practices there. I, I may be in danger of, of because there are a lot of people putting a lot of energy and efforts into it. But they, they cannot be under the law of God. Forgive me for saying this. I believe in the right of that child that is on board. But you go in front of a clinic, I saw this in St. Petersburg, in front of a clinic and pick it with your sign, saying you will go to hell. You know what you do it? You're shutting them down from the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because they're not under this law. They're not under the law of the new covenant, nor the old covenant. Go over to Hebrews chapter 9. Are you ready for this? Are you sure? Ah. I heard a preacher the other day. He said, we need to go back to our roots. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You were not a Jew. You ain't got no covenant with the Jewish people. You're talking about Gentiles going back to your Gentile roots? Listen. Hebrews chapter 9. I understand what he's saying. He's a great man. And I love him, but what did I say? Hebrews chapter 9. Now look, look at, look at verse 6. Hebrews 9. Are you there? But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, Know the Lord, 
for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. That word obsolete in Greek is pala hio. It means to worn out. It means decay. It's like a worn out garment. You fold it, either give it away or you put it away. No Jew can get into the old covenant today. It doesn't exist. God doesn't regard it. They can do all the sacrifices they want. God does not regard it because of the new covenant. The new covenant, Jesus became the mediator. The moment that, that, that garment, that, 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 that curtain was torn from top to bottom, that was the end of the old covenant. And the new covenant began the moment Jesus entered to the Holy of Holies and presented his blood. That gov, that new covenant was sealed and redemption were, for man was a reality. So we are in, we are in, what? We are in the new covenant right now. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Now look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. He is, verse 15, He is the mediator of the new covenant. By means of death for, pay attention, redemption of the transgression under the first covenant. This verse alone eliminates all of this dual covenant teaching. And they say Israel has got a special covenant with God. They don't need the blood of Jesus. Well, here it says, He says, and for this reason, he's the mediator of the new covenant by means of that for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant. Honey, the blood of goats and calves did not remove their sin away from them. It covered it till the time of Jesus. If Jesus' blood is not applied to their sins, they will die in their sin, just like Jesus said to the Jews. And they will go to the same place the heathen will go. But if they were faithful in the first covenant, they were kept in a place called paradise till this blood could be applied to their sins. That those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. 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 Look at verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has the peer to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah. Go over to Galatians chapter 3. Let me look at this couple of verses there. Galatians chapter 4 actually. I, I, I recommend you highly to read the book of Galatians. 
Now he's writing to the Jews. They want to bring back the old. They want to, they want to go back to the, some of the practices of the old. You know, when you do something for 1500 years, it becomes part of you. When you burn in India, they love to burn wood and dung. In India, smells like dung all over that land because they burn their stuff. Actually, most villages, villages are, homes are made by dung, cow dungs. That's all there is, a cow dung. You go inside of it, there's nothing, it's dirt and cow dung all around. And then they burn their stuff too, while on their food, but, or not on their food, but uh, underneath their food for the fire. This is a perpetual smell in India that doesn't go away. Even if they don't need to burn it, they still burn it. You keep sacrificing blood for 1,500 years, it becomes part of your culture. You want to do it. Are you listening to me? Uh, look at, uh, look at what, uh, look at what Paul says in Galatians. But then, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements? Weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. What are weak and beggarly elements? Verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you lest I have labored for you in vain. Man, I read this last night and I thought he must have a lot of guts writing these verses. Look at verse 3. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. He's talking about the law. Look at chapter 5. Look at chapter 4. He talks about two covenants. The bond woman, Sarah's covenant, and Hagar. What did Sarah say? Kick out Hagar. You know what that is? Not talking about these two people. It's talking about the law and the grace. He says, kick the law out. Kick it out. Because it has nothing in. He says in verse 28, Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. As he who was born according to the flesh, Persecute him who was born according to the spirit. Even so it is now. What is he saying? He's saying is the law is persecuting the grace. That which is born of the flesh. That which was all the Old Testament was all carnal. It was all senses. He says that is persecuting the, the. He says nevertheless what does the scripture say? Cast out the bond woman. And her son, for the son of bond woman, shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but of the free. It's getting, what? what is it? What is the battle? It's been out for the past 2,000 years. The battle has been Jesus. The, the focal point is Jesus. When you get your eyes off of Jesus, it would be a lot easier if I told you, Give a hundred dollar plus one day prayer, you will be saved. 
Because you know, hey, I did something for it. I earned salvation. That's why religion is so easily spreads. But when you got no documents that I'm born again, that's faith. That's faith. Walking by faith. I have no document. Jesus never appeared to me. I didn't do anything for it. All I did say, Lord, I believe in what you did. That's harder for people to follow. But that's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when they had problem in Acts chapter 15, you see this very carefully. If you study it, I'm going to say this and then we're going to pray. In Acts chapter 15, you all know that Paul and, or Peter, Paul and Barnabas coming and talking about how the Gentiles have, have received the message of the gospel. And if you studied carefully, it says, uh, verse 9, it says, it says, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke yoke on the neck of them which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. He says, why you are, why you are so huffed up about the law? You want to put something on them, tell them you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to circumcise, do this and do this. You got to keep Sabbath. Because it's the Sabbath is an eternal, you, you're going to put all of this on them. We didn't even do it. Why do you want to burden them with our yoke? And so, I believe with all of my heart that we need to be very careful in these days. Because this same thing is resurfaced, especially in the charismatic movements. The battle is, it takes the eyes off of Jesus and it puts it it's Jesus plus plan. You know what I call it? Jesus plus plan. It's Jesus plus my works. It's Jesus plus what I do. It's Jesus plus all of these festivities. It's Jesus plus all of this traditions. It's Jesus plus. Because it feels good. When I put a shawl over my head when I'm praying, well, that of course feels good. I feel like I'm praying a presence. You know what I mean? Traditions makes you feel good. I mean, I went, I went to Jerusalem. I went before that wailing wall. I started shaking. Now, I'm not saying this mockingly, but it, it just, I, I grew up with it. I had a hard time with putting aside the, the work. I grew up with working, praying five times every day and fasting 30 days in a row. Part of it still stick with me. I still fast two and a half days out of the week. Because you feel like, you know, you're doing something. You're involved. You all remember when I told you all, if you don't show up here in prayer meetings on Fridays, you're not a member of this church. You all remember this? How many of you remember that? I was, uh, I was sitting at home 
On a Friday night, I was so exhausted. My kids told me, Dad, you're not going to prayer meetings? I said, I'm so tired. I can't get up from this chair. Kelly said to me, then, Dad, you're not a member of your church. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for a new audio download of the Day of Salvation audio podcast.